Hello! Welcome to Shots of Purpose. I'm here with the full cast, again. Here's Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey! Let's rock and roll. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. My name is Yost, and today we're going to be talking about design thinking. We talked about it in the last episode, we skipped over that one, and today it's go time. Oh, design yeah. thinking. But before we dive in, let's talk a little bit about what our perspective is and where we are coming from. Tom, where are you coming from? Who are you? Oh, yeah. That's something that I forgot last time, right? So yeah. here's your introduction. Um, so I'm Tom, uh, 28 years old, and I'm a designer. I've been doing design now for, I think, over 10 years almost. Um, mainly I've been working for corporate, so that's probably also the difference for yeah, to, yeah compared to Yoast and, uh, and Brian. Yeah, Brian has some corporate experience though, but he's not doing that anymore so much, I guess. But he's going <clears> to <throat> contemplate about that a bit more. Um, <laughs> right. Working working for corporates now, uh, now mainly, and uh, trying to be a, a positive change there for um, basically the whole design community there. And then building up design communities and, and focusing on emphasizing and evangelizing design within corporate organizations. He also said something about... Uh humanism before oh yeah yeah that's what i uh what i talked about before we started recording um yeah so one of one of the things that i feel with um design in general especially in, in bigger organizations that we that we use all these methodologies nowadays mm -hmm. um and and with these met methodologies obviously you have restrictions and you also have rules and i'm not too big on rules or methodologies and one of the things that i have as well is that we don't tend to really focus on people anymore. And then especially with, uh, so I'm a UX designer, um, that's all about people, right? So mm -hmm. one of the things yeah. that I always try to do and I try to push back on is um, the, the empathy side on who are we and for whom are we doing this and why are we doing this for those people? But not necessarily through methodology, but really focusing on, um, hey, come on, guys, let's sit together and just have a, freaking conversation with each other instead of right. going through all rules it's it's something that we as designers should focus on and and let happen in a more natural way i would would say and that's yeah. something that i strive for so, so in that sense yeah humanism yeah so your perspective on design thing is going to be is going to be an interesting thing to hear more about today hmm. yeah um, absolutely so that's tom what about you brian well, my work, at least what I try to do in my design practice is combine art and science, intellect and emotion and bring these worlds together to like access the superpowers that we have latent in that confluence convergence space, if you know what I mean. And uh, I'm also an actor, so I try to take or I use techniques and uh, tools from acting like empathy techniques and different ways that actors operationalize let's say our empathic superpowers to employ that for design and that's what i'm kind of doing now is helping uh helping communities of designers especially startups and people who are building uh, socially responsible innovations to uh unlock the superpowers that we have within us already you also run your own company right i do it's called the greatness studio and the whole idea behind the greatness studio is that the greatness is already within us. Mm -hmm. I just kind of help people, organizations, startups articulate that and unlock it a bit more. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
my perspective is very much emotion and intellect put together mm-hmm. onto design. Yeah, yeah. So very mm. human centered. What about Absolutely. you, Yost? Me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been in design for ten years now, including starting of my, my studies. Um, I'm an industrial designer by trade, but I would say I'm more of a technology designer uh, by heart, which means that I like to. Uh, give new technology a nice place within our society. Mm. Uh, Someone put it as uh, assimilating design uh, or assimilating technology into society. Um, So that's, that's what I really love to do is to, yeah, use technology to to build great stuff. But Mm -hmm. I've recently gone on a journey um, to help companies that do good, do it better. So by that, I mean companies that uh, they want to leave the world a better place than the way, than, uh, than they found it, than how they found it. And I do that by means of facilitating design sprints and, and lightning fast decision rounds. So I'm, I'm a facilitator as well as, yeah, as a, as a designer. And I really love the idea of, of, of doing stuff to fix this planet for now. Hmm. But from a perspective point of view, right. I think you're also a pirate. Yes. And I'd love to hear something about that. Yeah, the pirate. Yeah. So if you listen to the last episode, I read this book, Be More Pirate. And that book really gave me a place. In this world, I've, I've always wondered, I've, I've been a wandering soul until the moment I read this book. So thank you, Sam uh, Conniff. Um, but yeah, I, I always, I don't agree with things that are the way they are because they were the way they were. I, I sincerely, deeply do not agree with that statement. <laughs> and I always look at things to improve what things can be better. And, and this is kind of the pirate mindset. It's, it's looking at... Well, I've recently learned that the pirate mindset is not just looking at what's wrong, but also translating that into how you would do that better. So rewriting the rules as opposed to just fucking the rules. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the the pirate in me, I guess. That resonates with what Tom said. Well, for me, it resonates a little bit with what he said about things being about people and not processes. Yeah. It's also in the Agile Manifesto, I think. It's yeah, one yeah, of the Agile true. principles. Mm-hmm. What I really like about, about Yost when he starts explaining about who he is and what he does and why he does things. Yo-splaining. Yo-splaining. <laughs> well, let's I, but, not yeah. make that a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really like is that he gets so poetic about it. And then you know it's it's coming from deep within, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that resonates. And what I do think, what, what strikes me about your story, Yoast, is that it's um, basically the company that you're running now is all about methodology. And... Mm-hmm intrinsically from from yourself within you're all about bending those rules and and very true yeah yeah so yeah. That's, that's a nice yeah. contradiction I that's actually it, interesting yeah. but i think but it's a good segue into design our conversation thinking. around design thinking yeah mm. so i maybe part of the first question we can think of is should design thinking be a set of rules or methods or not and why hmm uh well, for one, I, I guess um, something that that is that might be interesting for the, the listeners mm-hmm. um, before you can answer this question is is what you think design thinking is because I think design thinking or at least design thinking means something of a marketing term for people that are are not designers, but we're all designers here. So for us, design thinking is some sort of some sort of swimming pool that we were like pushed into at some point within our careers. Mm, yeah, okay. you could yeah. put it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I what I think is funny indeed is when you have people that are not necessarily design minded in a sense, 
is that they tend to use or misuse the term design thinking. Um, I think even designers do, too, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the same time, it's a term, so... Yeah, okay, but how, how do you means. think designers are misusing this? Probably in the same way that someone else would be misusing it, but at the same time, what's, what's the correct use and what's incorrect? Yeah. It's also very subjective. I have my idea of what it is. You might have a different one. Uh-huh. And who am I to say that your definition is wrong? Am know? I going to say it now? What, Looking the, at the last episode? The definition of design <laughs> thinking? No. Oh, it, it depends. depends. <laughs> yeah, this is the last time yeah, that, that you said that this episode. <laughs> You're banned from saying that. Okay, yellow card. Uh, I don't know. It, it works. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, of course it, yeah, of life course. Life always depends. So, so can we, can we, um, your question was relating to the system of design thinking. Is it a system? Is what it a is system? design thinking operation? Right. How would we describe it to someone apart from the content mm-hmm. of what design is? What is the use or the method of design thinking? Yeah. Right. I would, I would say it's, I think that's, um, I'll, I'm a quote Tom on this. It depends, but uh, <laughs> I'll give it a little bit more background. Oh, uh, it, it depends on the person who runs it. Cause I, I can imagine you have this design, th- uh, design thinking coach. You hire him to enable your company to, to do design thinking as a process. So then it becomes, her. yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So then this becomes, then it becomes a process, a process of steps, right? So for design thinking, you need to uh, focus on your user, go through this whole circle of learning about your user, empathizing, etc. But, um, so that's, that's one perspective. But I guess as design, if I take myself, for example, I, I was never taught the theory of design thinking. I'm the result of, of design thinking in, in like a, uh, a study form. So I, I did a bachelor's and a master's. But when someone asked me to give a presentation about design thinking, I was like, oh shit, I need to Wikipedia this. Um, but then I started to see the parallels between what I did and what design thinking was. So for me, design thinking is, it's just something I do. It's, 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 it's cheesy, but it's design doing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Design yeah. thinking. So doing. you said it's steps. You mentioned steps a second right. ago. Do those, are those steps allowed to change? Can you switch them around? They, do you, do you have to do them in order? The, once again, if, if I'm the design, design thinking coach, then I would say, well, go through this one, two, three, four, five. But no, for, for us, and you should pitch in on this, for me at least, the design thinking process is something organic. It depends mm. on, on what you uh, come across, and then you adapt. What you, did you say? It depends? Yes. <laughs> but w- whereas I, I finished that sentence. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I tend to agree with that. But what you see now within, um, for instance, corporate environments where I work in, is that sometimes the design process as is, so the, the, the like more textual or the- theoretical way we know design thinking, um, are being used as a set of rules where we really need to focus on, but then due to the given situations within an organization, quite often you end up with situations where we don't really properly go through them. And I think for every different project or organization you have a different approach to design thinking and for me it's not necessarily sequential in that in that sense organic but one thing is wait se- sequential not organic no 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 um <laughs> in a sense it's partially sequential because mm-hmm. for me you always start with the user first right it's an interesting one 
I don't know if I totally agree with you. No? Go for no. it. <clears throat> uh, okay, so I agree with the fact that it should be organic. Mm-hmm. I agree with the fact that you don't have to do everything in order. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree with the fact that some things depend on other things. So mm-hmm. certain, it's more natural for certain things to proceed, certain steps to proceed other steps, for example, right? Sure. Um, but I see it very much as a toolkit. And it all depend. It depends again on <laughs> the on relative. The, yeah, I know. But like, that's the the beauty of a toolkit, right? Like, if you yeah. have a toolbox, there's no like you don't have to use the hammer before the wrench or whatever. Like, you don't always need the hammer. You don't always need the wrench. Mm-hmm. The same. That's how I look at design thinking. I use as hammers well. for everything. Well, because you have a nice hammer, I guess. Yeah. If you only have a hammer, everything starts looking like a nail. Bang! Wow. This is some... You just hit the nail on the head, Tom. Holy shit. I need to put this on a tile. Wow. (laughs) Going back to the... (laughs) Start with the user. Yeah. Yeah, but so... Are there situations that you can think of where you're not starting with the user? Would you start from your values? Yeah. So if, for example, Yoast has a certain vision of how the world should be or a certain vision of the change that he wants to make in the world. I do. Maybe uh, like people aren't necessarily waiting for that. Are there users or, or stakeholders that aren't, uh, you know, aren't your values quite often derived from from your target group or the people. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but that's just, this is interesting because I, when I, when I did the design thinking or Shit, when I when I did my industrial design uh, bachelor's specifically, yeah. I never started with the user. And of course, in hindsight, it it becomes this thing where, um, okay, there are I think there's at least two types of designers. One that works off of his vision. He has this vision of the future. This is what something should be. I think an iPhone, for example, is a great example of this. Um, and then there are of course, you always start with some sort of challenge and then the user uh, that fits this challenge. And then you would want to empathize, learn what the user wants and needs, et cetera. Um, but it's, it's kind of a conundrum, isn't it? Because you always hear, you always, this is something designers say a lot. It's like, yeah, well, I'm designing something. And when I'm talking with clients, for example, I should give them stuff that they don't know they want. Yeah, but so, that's nonsense. But it's still, yeah, no, I, I don't, why, okay. Hmm. Why nonsense? Yeah. Okay. But okay. Are we then saying we're going to give them stuff that they don't know that they need? So we derived from talking with them and interacting Ah, with them that we understand as designers that we understand from, from their stories and and like what they need and what we're going to build for them or what we're going to create for them, Mm. but they don't know it yet themselves. I would say that's part of the power of empathy. Absolutely. Yes. People can't necessarily articulate something that might be a latent need that they feel or something that serves yeah, their dreams. This is interesting because yeah. this leads back to actually listening to the user. Yeah. Ah, but that's another one. User is too narrow of scope, I think, as well. Yeah. So if we think about humans and humanism and thinking about people as holistic creatures. Right. We might want to start with uh, maybe stakeholder-centric yeah. design. So Fairphone, for example. Yeah. They don't necessarily start with the user of the Fairphone. Their biggest stakeholder is the 
the, so the company Fairphone you, you're referring to now, Sorry? Right? Sorry, sorry for interrupting you, but you mean the company Fairphone, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. company Fairphone, exactly. Yeah. They're, I think their biggest stakeholder or their, the, the person that they serve the most is the, like the miner who is mining yeah. whatever materials in Africa and yeah. the factory worker who is assembling the phone in a Chinese factory, you know? And in that sense, the is that where user they is secondary. Yeah, but then what is, what is the starting point and where, where yeah. kicks design thinking in and, and when... When do you start, okay, now we're going to, like, are you really consciously saying to yourself, yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's also a, a, mm-hmm. a pickle. It's like, yeah, are you, are you going to start at some point and really consciously say to yourself, okay, we're going to start where, doing yeah. design thinking or yeah. is it, is, because what you're describing now is that people derive from a problem or something that they intrinsically um, hate about a certain production process and therefore they think we can do this differently. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. Throughout that process, they use probably design thinking to get to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they didn't start with design thinking from the get-go. Maybe not there consciously. Was, yeah. No. Which there was up, a yeah. certain level of empathy where what triggered them right. in, in a situation where they were like, this is completely fucked mm-hmm. up. Yeah. This is, we cannot go on like this. With is like, it now just a matter of definition? Because sure. Brian is referring to multiple users, aka the humans who interact with the whole of the... The, the system that forms into the product. Stakeholders. Yeah, yeah stakeholders. anyone who's yes. affected by decisions yeah, exactly. made yeah. yes. during the process. Yeah. So then, do you remember when, when, we, when we closed off the last episode, I asked, isn't design thinking what we do all the time? And this is what you were referring to now as well, is I think for, for at least, if I speak for myself, mm-hmm. design thinking is what I do. Yeah. Yes. This is, this is kind of good. So yes, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Applied to what you mentioned about Fairphone, for example. I mean, we don't know. We're speculating. We don't yes. know what they did. But mm-hmm. design thinking can happen organically, whether you're consciously doing it or not. Does that make sense? Yeah, but does it all, is that also the case for people that are not familiar with the concept? So is... That's yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's yes, true. but that's it, he's being thought. He's yeah. being taught I'm in a certain methodology from like the, the 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 backbone chain of thought of the like the the program that yeah, Yoast true. followed yeah. was based on a methodology called design thinking. Okay, they never specifically mentioned or talked about it, but it ends up leading to a point where Yoast has like the whole chain of yeah i don't know is the chain is the thought is the I, system I, I, and yeah. he used it's 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 become part of him now so what was he doing was he learned design right so but design, design thinking, thinking then design Maybe, i would yeah. say design thinking is a term that we use now to describe the tools and methodologies that we use to do design and then by that extension i would say design itself is systematic problem solving mm-hmm. yeah theoretically yes yeah okay not not only theoretically but that's that's basically design in general yeah and yeah. then design in general is, is problem solving and then design thinking makes it systematic i think design is a systematic approach to problem solving mm-hmm. and design thinking is like a it's a term that's come up in the last few years to package. Mm-hmm. It's quite an old term, things. but it's really gotten. It's gotten hype. hype yeah, in the last, but then yeah, I, yeah. last. 
I'm going to yeah. ask the question again. Is then I'm going to ask your question again. Is Boom. design thinking then a system or mm-hmm. is it a methodology? What are the differences? I see mm-hmm. it as a toolkit. Yeah. That's, all, that's, I see design are, also as a toolkit. There's maybe. a company in uh, there's a company here in Eindhoven who um who who created a, basically a, a design thinking toolkit. They have like this well, monop- I'm, I'm, it, uh, kind of like this wooden building blocks system of mm-hmm. of learning design thinking and it's really like you said it's a it's a toolkit and they teach design thinking with this toolkit going from yeah. they have the the five different uh pathways basically and then you have these uh, these little things you might do is like build a paper prototype uh, talk with your user etc yeah. and then you just yeah. kind of form this snake of steps that you can follow and that you can change depending on where you are in the in the process i think that's nice yeah. But then it, so what you, what you said now triggers me on the different thing. Some people call it a toolkit. You might call it a system. You might call it a methodology. I think those are all valid yeah. ways to describe it. Mm, yeah. Cause it, Atlassian has playbooks mm, yeah. that are really, really good. And that's a tool. If you want to call it a toolkit, it's a toolkit. Atlassian? They call it a playbook. Yeah. Atlassian that, is, are the guys from uh, Jira and uh, Confluence. Confluence. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool sort of software collaboration collaboration software for development teams, design teams, stuff like that. Right. Oh, really good stuff. But yeah, it's a, it is so abstract that it helps us to ground these ideas in a framework that has an analog to the real world. A toolkit, there's a toolkit literally behind your head now, for example. Yeah. And a playbook could be yeah. <laughs> It could be a playbook that you write down and a playbook comes from sports where it would be different formations that like football teams would use to, mm-hmm. you know, execute strategy on the football field or whatever. And those are all valid ways to describe it, I think. Yep. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's you're hard right. to say what it is and what it's not. They're different terms Question yeah. for the same thing. Yeah. When you're on the streets and you, you have this random passerby and he asks you, you seem like a knowledgeable guy. Could you explain to me in two sentences or three design thinking? I'm like, who the fuck are you, man? I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> At least introduce yourself first. All right. Hey, I'm, I am, uh, <laughs> I am kidding. Norbert. I'm, kidding. Being yeah, I'm Albert. Norbert. Okay. Hi, I'm Norbert. <laughs> you seem like a knowledgeable person. Could you explain to me in two or three sentences design thinking? Dumb. Why the fuck do you think I look like a designer? No, a knowledgeable person. Ah, yeah, but you're asking a question about design thinking. No, never mind. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he's just he's asked fifty people by now, and, and you apparently you're the first person who who knows. Okay, so don't disappoint, please. I will not. No, <laughs> no, no but Brian, Brian <laughs> the pressure. No, Brian's eyes were sparkling already, so he had something in his mind. But you were like fingering the yeah. air, so I have this thing. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, you were fingering the air. You were like, I was I fingering got this. the air. Yeah. Okay, I got this. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> fingering the air. Sorry, sorry for all our listeners, but uh, you should see this. Um, okay, so for me, design thinking is. Um, a systematic problem-solving methodology that helps people 
focus on the users or the interactors of said service product or platform that they're trying to create or build. Um, and do that in a way that all the needs and requirements for the people that are actually doing it and creating it for um, are taken into account in the best possible way. Nice. I think it's... Is it complete? I don't know. If I it's feel like there's a little bit of incompleteness. So, yeah. just so Brian just walked by this conversation, saw these two, saw uh, Norbert and Tom speaking with hey, each other. Hey, Norbert! Yola! How are you doing? And he noticed <laughs> and something Tom. was missing. I didn't know you guys knew each other. No, I know, I don't know, but um, Norbert here just uh, started talking to me on the ah. street. He asked me a question about design thinking. Oh, yeah. No, so what you said I think is interesting <laughs> um, because, yes, the users or interactors with the creation that comes out of design this are is also super important. Yeah. Yes. But it's also about balancing the needs of the business or whoever is creating the thing, balancing the needs of society, which is affected by the thing, and the needs of the maybe engineers or craftspeople who are going to make the actual thing. Yes, but that's... And other people too. Yes, but that's where I, where I start to, like... For me, that's where it starts to, like... Um, uh, how do I say this? But this is where I start having a problem with the whole thing because mm -hmm. um, those values and those um, starting points for doing something, where do they come from? That's a good question. Yeah. I think that design thinking or design has tools to determine these kinds of things. So, for sure. Then again, where, see, that's, that's, for me, that's a difficult one. The, the, is that the incompleteness of, or is that potentially the starting point? Or can we even talk about a starting point? There's, I mean, I would say a challenge or a, yeah, a challenge there's always the a challenge or, or, a, or a vision. Or a vision or a problem or... That's it. Yeah, okay. Albert Einstein... I'm overthinking this. Well, no, well I maybe. mean, design thinking in itself is, a, is, is maybe sometimes overthinking just doing design. Maybe. Mm. Well, I don't, okay, so Albert Einstein is quoted as having said this. People debate whether he really said it or not. But it was basically like, if I had an hour to save the world... I would use 55 minutes to understand the problem and five minutes to come up with a solution. Mm. And so coming to the starting point, like you just said, there's always a problem. There's always a challenge. And I think what design lends to the creative process is that it gives us tools and it allow or like... <clears throat> it incentivizes us also to spend more time understanding that problem yeah. in a way that it's reproducible and teachable, you know, yeah. systematic. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Norbert, is that the answer you were looking for? <laughs> I guess, well, I guess actually, it was more than two or three sentences. But... Before Norbert walks away, Yost actually walks along and here's our conversation. And we ask him. Mm-hmm. I really, yeah, I was just, I was just going to Starbucks. Do you guys want anything? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Soy flat white. Chickening out. Nice. <laughs> Here's my reusable no, cup. I, uh, okay. Well, no, I think, I think what you said, Tom, uh, a couple of minutes ago, I, I, I can mostly find myself in that. It's, it's mm. a systematic, persist, systematic approach, um, to, 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 yeah, it's a, 
I, I don't like the word problem solving because it's not mm. always a problem. I've done many of my projects starting from what I, yeah, what I thought was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I hate Challenge. this. I hate to say it's design thinking, doing, it's just going through this. I, I like what Brian said as well. You said it's a very good system to teach someone and it's, so what you do is yeah. you want to, you want to, the, the idea of design thinking is there is a problem or a challenge. How do you go about that? And then you have this system you can follow that like Tom emphasizes, focuses on the user. Cause you want, like, it doesn't matter if you like your, 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 your solution. If your user thinks it sucks or it doesn't help him with uh, increasing a value or making their life easier or better or, or solving their problem, then you kind of failed at least at, at your initial outset. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. On the other side of that, what if you make something that's great for your users, but it doesn't help whoever's making the thing in any way? Uh, well, okay. Well, now we're talking ethics. No. Yeah. Mm. We're talking sustainable business models. <laughs> Because if you can, if you want to make something super user friendly and only focus on the user, right? You just give it away for free. Yeah. So I think what you're saying now is is okay. But that's not sustainable. That's the point. Yeah. No. I okay. This is this is one is this is a curveball. I'm gonna hit a home run on it now. Ooh, nice. Whoa. Now. Setting okay. I'm gonna set, sit myself properly. For Design thinking. Initially, I, I believe is, or at least, the the the. In, in my in my head, the simplest form of design thinking is you have a user and you have a problem and you have this systematic way of dealing with the problem with your main focus, solving that problem for your user. So you need to learn what your user is, uh, what, what he wants, etc. And you as a designer will interpret all these problems and, and insights to an awesome design, which solves that's like the most basic form. But then when you start talking about like who makes the product, where the resources come from to build this product, like all these people that are in this line that eventually ends up in your product, then this is, this is next level. And I don't think the, the world has woken up to that idea yet. Or not everyone. Not everyone has woken up to that. I think Apple sets a great example. Whenever they do a keynote, they, they bring someone on stage, or at least this year they did. They brought someone on stage, someone on stage specifically for this purpose. They said, well, we have an iPhone and it's arsenic free and, and yada, yada, yada. They had this whole list and we get our resources from sustainable mines, if that's possible. Well, sorry to interrupt you, but I, when I say sustainable here, yeah. I'm not talking about sustainable in an earth friendly way, no, which yeah. is also important. I mean, yeah. sustainable in the sense of we keep floating as a company because we're going to make money on it as well. At least something to keep us going because exactly. you, at you, some point our resources will run out and we won't be able to help the people we're helping anymore. So didn't it, you say the ROI? The the for example value exchange. The, yeah. But you said you, you said about like, for example, the people who manufacture the product. Mm-hmm. That was something else. That was talking about more broadly than just users. Mm-hmm. So other stakeholders. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So this is so uh, just coming back to that, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, this is the point where design thinking in itself has to get a next level. So it's like, instead of peeling the onion, you're now clothing the onion. You're dressing the onion. So you're giving him more peels. Mm. Um, you have the same visual in your mind now. 
with a with a, a dressed wool up sweater. onion. <laughs> yeah, with a wool sweater and a, and a beanie and yeah, lipstick. So, uh, so yeah, so but what I mean by that is is this is the moment, or at least the the more okay, the more human focused designer starts thinking about all these other levels, mm. and, and it, it becomes harder. And you're gonna, you're, you can't do that alone, I think. So, totally agree. So, yeah, the, uh, it's, it's a great point. And um, I think your outset for this question was to come to the, the human centered design or human experience design, which, Maybe. which no. takes all these stakeholders uh, into account. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think that's just uh, the difference between good design and not good design. In my opinion, yeah. So maybe I call it human home experience run, design uh, or something, but human centered. Yeah, it's know. at least a double, double whammy. No, no, like a, I hit it into midfield and got to second base. Ah, <laughs> that one. Mm. Second base is acceptable. All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> design thinking—it's a system. It's a method. It's a a toolkit. What else? Can we... Um, you yeah. said something interesting a second ago as well. Hmm. It's about complex problems or challenges. Simple challenges can often be overcome without a systematic approach, without a way to bring people together, without having to think about it too much. Certain things are just really simple. Mm -hmm. As things become more complex, like it's... Okay, it's easy... It's simple to hammer a nail into a piece of wood, but it's complex to build a house with the same technology. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But the hardest thing when you're creating something is to make something simple. Yeah. So I'm not talking about the solution being simple because the solution should be simple, obviously. Right. But complex problems are the ones that give us the most benefit when we solve them or to say it in a maybe a better way, because I, I understand complex challenges give us more benefit when we face them. What about the paperclip? What about it? Yeah. Well, that was a was that a complex problem? My papers can't stick stick together. Why not? The complex problem also comes from mass manufacturing paperclips. Importing, exporting, okay, yeah. making them cheaper. I wasn't. I was not being a dick with that question. No, I understand. It's a perfectly <laughs> valid question. Yeah, yeah. No, but so the the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there were like little. I feel like there were little diamonds in the things y'all said, both mm. of you, and mm. the, maybe this, maybe even something I said. Who knows? Um, but something that we'll got triggered. The so decide. the the complexity of the challenge is interesting. The fact that you can't do it alone. It's also mm -hmm. interesting because yeah. it's also going to what Tom mentioned earlier about working together and bringing people together to help them work towards solving or facing a challenge together. And I think that's another thing that design thinking is good for. Because it helps yeah. us, you know, look at Definitely, bigger and yeah. more complex challenges. I agree. So when, when we move away from, oh, maybe, okay, no, I can't move away from this yet. You said some, <laughs> you said the, the complex problems and I, what is a simple problem that doesn't require this systematic approach? Can you, can you Banging a nail into a piece of wood. Right. Okay. What, what's on the, what's on the, the verge? 
not the website. <laughs> oh, can you? I'm sorry, I don't understand. What so you mean. what's on? What's what's like on the edge of of becoming a complex, complex problem? Like what's a design? What's a practical design example that doesn't require uh, this systematic approach? That's an interesting question. I because, guess it's pretty hard, but hmm. no, because for example, when you tinker and build things on your own, right. which I've seen some of the stuff that you've built and it's really yeah. amazing things. Thank you. You have an approach, but it's not codified. Yeah. It's all in your head. Mm -hmm. So because your approach is very intuitive, very organic and very natural to you, it's harder without sort of, sort of putting it down into a system. It's harder for you to teach that to someone. Mm. And it's harder, I think, That's for true. you to yeah. bring other people along in your process towards your vision. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. This is, this is actually what I was, the thing that just popped into my head bef before I, I went back to your question is when we move away from design thinking, then, then what's left? Uh, there's a lot left. And I think we can, uh, we can learn a lot. Uh, maybe talking about what design thinking isn't and, and your, what you just said addresses that is yeah. when you when you so when it, it you can you can solve complex problems without yeah but it's it's also funny because what you said brian triggered me in a sense that there's a really thin line between complexity and simplicity mm -hmm. so you can have a really simple problem but then the danger from a yeah you could say design perspective is that something really simple becomes super complex and vice versa well the yeah. vice versa thing not necessarily because it's as I've mentioned before, it's really hard to make something super simple out of something super complex, I would say. Hmm. But then, yeah, then the vice versa thing. So having a super simple, initially a super simple problem, which you're trying to solve, tends right. to quite easily become super complex. Maybe. The vice versa you mentioned isn't so, maybe it's not so hard. What I see that goes wrong often is if people don't fully understand the challenge that they're facing, then it's an actually a complex challenge and they only see a very small, simple piece of it. Mm. And they end up taking action, which has destructive consequences later on. It's interesting. So thanks. You triggered me on yeah, that Yeah, And then closing the loop, Lots of how do we completely surface that problem? Design thinking. By focusing on people. Boom. <laughs> we can't drop these mics, unfortunately. By focusing, by focusing on people. Hmm. Yeah, well. I'm just, I'm just gonna, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just letting this sink in because, like, my mind automatically goes to, nope, but. No, but whether, whether you're. <laughs> that's just my it's mind. Like, fuck people. Yeah. <laughs> no, not fuck people, but. <laughs> there comes the fucking fuck, pirate fuck again. The fault, yeah, fuck <laughs> the fault answers. No, but what I'm trying to say here is that um, no matter how complex or simple your problem is making sure that's what brian said like making sure you completely understand said problem in order to do the right thing and and continue with the, the next steps there were you yawning just now I, yeah i was i was, I was oh cold yawning for some reason conning okay but um you do this weird contraction thing <laughs> contraction thing yeah with the it's, it's cold yawning it's it's conning. slimming Combining two words into one. Yes. Okay, yeah. sorry, but can you recap? Because I'm lost now. Yeah. Yeah, what sorry. Were you saying? 
I I lost it myself. Shit. What were we talking about? <laughs> I was I was complex you, you problems could, understanding. Oh yeah. So what Brian said, understanding the problem. Yeah. So completely understanding that problem. Um. Shit. What were you, you okay, said? No. Maybe I I can I can jump in here. Yeah. Um. And what what I what I what I wanted to say is. You were um, you were saying that understanding the problem makes it easier to to to. Or at least you were, I think that's where you were headed. Is you need to understand the problem to be able to oh, yeah. solve it. But I'm just going to run all over this. Okay, go for it. Because there's a lot of, and maybe not even new, but there's a lot of um, writing about just get started. Just start moving and you'll figure it out along the way. And you don't need to understand the problem Fully and completely, so so this yeah, you can still isn't, isn't that completely separate from from um, so when you're trying to understand the problem, simple or complex that was a, what that yeah. was what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Then basically you're reaching out to the people around you, yeah, and yeah. that that person can also be yourself, right? So that's that links directly into just get started. When you're mm-hmm. getting started, you try to define that problem for yourself and you try to understand that problem and by interacting with people yeah so you learn it helps you to completely surface the the, the complete problem will, you, understand more, will yeah. you ever surface yeah. it completely though yeah. no probably not probably no, not yeah. no. but it's at least surfacing it as much as possible so that by means of interaction yeah by means of interaction or by means of just doing it just getting started right and uh, yeah, but that's so. There's a there's a little other thing about that. So the not necessarily the antithesis of it, but um, Facebook's motto used to be "Move fast and break things," which is very yeah. That's that's really uh, uh, catching up with them now. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I I don't see either of the standpoints that we took here as absolute. Right. I see them as like there's a middle point or like a, yeah, yeah, you have to like, it's, it's good to understand enough of a problem so that you can move forward responsibly and then move forward in such a way that you try not to move too far past your threshold of understanding Mm -hmm. because that's what Facebook is doing for, and a lot of other Silicon Valley companies, Mm -hmm. they're just all about disrupt everything, break everything, fuck whatever. Right. And, they and don't care learn, about the consequences. You learn from the chaos, basically. Yeah. Learn from the chaos, but then there's a lot of destruction that's mm-hmm. going on yeah. from everyone else getting screwed and these companies just getting rich. So then how would you go about doing it the right way between accolades or hmm. quotation marks? Yeah. Question from my side really quickly. Does this yeah. link into like smaller companies that beginning and then tend to have like a couple of people that do everything? So have like multiple roles ahead and then... Um, when they start growing or when they start like also linking into mm-hmm. growth and scalability, yeah. mm-hmm. when they start actually growing as a company, they stick to that model instead of like, it's, it's, it's maybe a curveball, but it's, it's like the, um, lots of baseball metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say here is, um, that they stick to that model instead of, um, being conscious about the fact that they now need more separate roles to be able to handle all those little intricacies. I think the same principle applies to yeah. smaller companies as well, especially because of with 
technology and the internet, like one person becomes extremely powerful now, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think the heuristic is basically how do we stay within this tension area that we move forward enough to teach us and to bring us farther along, but not so far that we exceed our sphere of understanding. Like we, right. You know what I mean? That's, this is why. Isn't that how we learn new things? That's not the only way to learn. The flow. The flow? Being in the flow. Being in the flow, but also sort of this feedback loop of do something, see what happens, do something, see what happens. But do something pushes the, the, the limit of what you know. But there's a difference between doing something small and doing something super big. Right. So taking big risks can be good, but the risk needs to be measured by what you understand of the challenge that you're taking the risk to try to address. Mm-hmm. And especially thinking about <clears throat> humans and stakeholders, if, if someone else is bearing the risk of your action, right. then you need to be more careful than if you're the only one that's risking anything. And increasingly in our interconnected world, we're creating risks for other people. So it's good for us to understand mm-hmm. at least a little bit before we go forward. Does right. that make sense? Smaller bite-sized movements. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. So we got, we got to, to this <laughs> yeah, point. Recap this one. No, this is, no, I like it. Um, what I was, what I'm going to say is, uh, we got to this point and now, so we talked a lot about design thinking. Can we, what was, what, okay, in light of shots of purpose, what is the, the purpose of, of us having discussed this, having talked about this? I think if you did not have a really clear opinion or a clear view on what design thinking is for you or mm-hmm. how it can help you get a better understanding about design maybe. I think this was like a good in-depth discussion on three kind of similar and maybe not so similar views on what design thinking is and how they interlink with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, yeah, I think that's that's potentially a really good purpose for, for this session. Yeah, what it shows is that design thinking in itself is, fluid. of course, like, yeah, it's it's fluid <laughs> and it's, I mean, on Wikipedia, you can find the theory and on design thinking, but what, what we showed is that I think we all kind of agree on what it is, yep. but it also shows that there's very different yeah. ways of, of, of viewing it. The it really depends on your perspective. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what, what's really funny, what, what triggered me throughout the whole discussion, thinking back on, I even use it when I, or when we, so at the corporate organizations that I work for, whatever mm-hmm. we tend to do quite often is that we use it to see, um, well, not necessarily determine the level, but what we tend to do when we are hiring people within our organization, we basically let them do an assignment. And when they're doing an assignment, we tend to focus on a number of things, basically how they go through. So we give them a problem and basically we tend to 
really focus on, okay, how did they solve that problem? And where did they start? What was the process that they went through to get there? Right. And when that matches in some way to, for instance, the design thinking process, mm -hmm. then quite generally speaking, and quite often you see that, okay, these are the more experienced designers because this is at a certain point something that you don't really have to think about anymore mm. and it's just there. So you start from, yeah, focusing on what the actual problem is, how am I going to surface that problem, right. uh, and then yada, 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 you go through those steps to get to a certain result. Mm. And that's something that we want to see when we're hiring designers and then obviously afterwards also what their story is and how they're presenting it and and sure but then the process itself <laughs> is something that we really focus on okay so i love the way you describe that because your hiring process as you describe it is systematically yeah. design thinking as well yeah yeah because basically by giving people a test assignment you're prototyping their work for you yeah so you yeah. questioning your assumptions Basically, you make some assumptions through the interviews to say, okay, we think these five people are going to be it. And you test your mm. assumption with this prototype, letting them do that test assignment. And then uh, you learn from that. Yeah. yeah. Design thinking can be used for everything. You could even layer it. You could even. That's the onion again. Yeah. But you, no, but oh, yeah. But you could even throw a layer on top of that, like really actionable, come with a situation where you're struggling with within your own organization. And then try to like yeah you, but yeah try to check whether you're on the right track with your own concepts and way of working yeah. depending on what they are doing really quickly but then again the question sorry to interrupt you but yeah. then the question <laughs> in between is going to be okay how much do i trust this guy from a knowledgeable point of view is this my measure whatever yeah curveball again <laughs> <laughs> so quickly in your daily life, what does design, how does design thinking work into what you do, Brian? I have some ideas of how I would like to involve the community of the Greatness Studio more in the actual business of the Greatness Studio. Mm -hmm. But because the community are stakeholders. They're going to be affected in some way by the decisions that I make around how that's going to be. I'm involving them and in asking questions and, and taking people along in my design process. Um, so that's one way that I've been doing it in the last couple of days, for example, just kind of figuring out what do people need? What do yeah, people yeah. want? These are some ideas I have. How do you feel about them? Do you identify with this statement or how I've described the greatness studio itself? So learning about the stakeholders. Yeah, but another way, when I make coffee for my wife and me for mm -hmm. in the morning, the different ways that I make it have an effect on her enjoyment of it. So also <laughs> in that sense, there can be design. It can be said that there's design thinking in yeah, cooking like or that. making coffee yeah. or baking bread or whatever. But then if you're doing it yourself, do you get joy out of it? Or are you really consciously going through a process and checking whether she enjoys it? She enjoys it. Tom, hmm. how do you do? Design thinking at your company. <laughs> well, not necessarily. In your everyday life. Or in my everyday life? It's a different question. Yeah, that's a completely yeah. different question. But you can... But Brian, Brian answered both, okay. actually. I'll, I'll oh. go for everyday life on this one. And I basically think that because 
I think because of design in general, not necessarily only the methodology. I think because of design in general, I cannot look at things. I think my my mind is prone in a certain way now. Mm-hmm. And I have a certain way of thinking, a certain way of checking things off when I run into a certain problem um, or a like different a, situation. How does that work? Hmm. I'm struggling to find an example right now, but... Um, you go through a list of things? Or is your, so your mind is kind of like, it, it automatically goes through analyzing what's, what's I th- up? Yes. So I think one of the strengths or, or a strong part, because I'm not really able to pronounce that word properly. <laughs> but um, no, one of the strong points for that system, I think, is that it allows you to get a holistic view on what your problem actually is. And I think in that sense, it has prone my my own mind in everyday life to have a holistic view on things and approach right. things from a more holistic view. So I'm able to see different ways of approaching things and nice. how to deal with different things. Nice. Yeah. Just. But what about you? What about you? Design what? thinking in your daily life? Everything. It's like I said last episode, all I do is... It, I love what both of you said. Um, I can't remember, but I love everything about it. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm kidding. Typical. Yeah. No. What? So, so what you said with the coffee making, Brian, and what Tom said, uh, with how you look at stuff in a holistic way. It's, it's, it's that. Whenever I, I come towards a problem, I, like me personally, tend to shut down, thinking about there has to be a solution. But then I realize no. There are so many different ways I can approach this. And um, for me, design thinking basically is a way of opening myself up. So whenever I, for example, think about doing a workshop, I start thinking about, okay, so the visitors of this workshop, what is their value going to be from this? Hmm. So it does start with them. But then I also start thinking, okay, what, what's in it for me? How do I get people in there? Uh, what can I get out of it? So design thinking in, in itself is... Uh, yeah, it's uh, if 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 we think about design the the definition of design thinking that um I'm just I'm just blurting on but uh design well, no go ahead. Yeah, no, it's yeah, please ask me a very good question. <laughs> no, I was just I was just kind of writing down adjectives. Hmm. Things that have come up in our conversation now. Right. So, design thinking is holistic. Yeah. Design thinking is systematic. It's flexible. Yeah. It's beneficial and it's social. It should be social. I think part of the benefit of it being systematic is that going back to what you said right, about you can't yeah. solve big problems by yourself or big yeah. challenges alone. It pushes alone. you into being social. It helps yeah, it helps people come together to mm-hmm. pool their resources and their strength. Right. All right, so closing the loop all the way to the beginning. Tom, you said something to me um, about the difference between me being the pirate that I am, and then you said, but you you facilitate this process. Mm-hmm. And in, in light of design thinking, I see design thinking as a way of, or I've, I've, it's this, this isn't my original content. Someone said design thinking is more like learning to cook, and then design sprint is a recipe. And... I love that. Like that. And what yeah. I what I want to 
say about the pirate piratey thing is that design thinking now has become such a hype that everyone is on this design thinking boat. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to learn what design thinking is, and that's it's on one side that is amazing because it means that people become more maybe more compassionate or more considerate in the in essence. Yes, but. Um, it also means that that there's these people that want to make money off of that, that they they start doing this whole, yeah, we do design thinking, we can help you with our design thinking process, professionalism, expertise stuff. What I love about the design sprint is that anyone can jump in. Everyone can jump in. And all you need, and basically you don't need me. I'll be there and I will make sure that it'll be the best week of your life, except for your wedding. And maybe when you adopt a dog, <laughs> but Aww. this is the design sprint is, is such a marvelous way. It's such a, it's, it's a tiny system, but this system in itself has such high value. And that's why I love it. It is, it says, screw you to all the big firms that tell you to buy their time for four or five months to solve an issue. And I say, no, screw that. I'll do it in five days. And whatever comes out of these five days you will have learned so much. You will have saved months of time and you will get such an inspirational and creative boost that you, you'll either do another sprint or you have like some very great starting blocks to do your whole design thinking system, like to build that off of. And that is what I love uh, the design sprint for. So it's like a, it's a tiny fuck you system. That's right. To the so big system. If you'd like to book your own fuck you design sprint, please go to purposedesign.com. NL. NL. Proud Dutch Purposedesign.nl. Yeah. And there's your home run. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Looking forward to the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. What'd you think of this one? I liked it. Yeah. We were on a roll. I yeah. think good discussions. Um, yeah. It was nice. I'm happy with it. Cool. A great one. Uh, I just, I just want to add this. This is the third episode. It might not be the third one online, but we increased every episode has increased uh, complexity audio wise. Ah. So you might be able to hear this, but Brian talked about complex problems and <laughs> simple solutions. And I thought I was doing some simple solutions. Uh, but this is, it's, it's gotten more complex and yeah. uh, it's That's not it. solved the problem yet. So we'll see how it goes next Fair time enough. again. Yeah. But okay, so we've heard three perspectives on design thinking. Yeah. We'd love exactly. to hear your perspective too. Hit us up on Twitter at Shots of Purpose. We'd love to hear what you think about what design thinking is and what it's not. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Or what's in the middle. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you the next, uh, in the next episode. Have a good one. Later.